Two peas, Two and, peas a and a bong. Two peas and a bong. Two peas, Two and, peas a bong. and a bong. Two peas and a bong. y'all two peas in a bong in the building it's your boy dp boy kp bong valley also known as bong Shining. all right man so really quickly before we get into uh the main topic um there was a recent documentary that just dropped uh called the last dance it dropped on espn and it's uh covering you know michael jordan's career and basically their final year with the Bulls when they went for the last uh, championship. So, uh, fellas, did y'all get a chance to go ahead and take a look at that? Did both episodes? Who did it? <laughs> right. The only thing on TV that shit's probably got the highest ratings in the last three fucking months. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's ten. It's ten parts to it, and I think the first two episodes are just getting super overhyped because it's the only thing going. Mm -hmm. So everybody's making it seem like, yo, the first two episodes was crazy. I'm like, okay, it was a nice little, he was, they was EQing it, just letting you know, like, okay, well, you know, like they ain't even gotten to the meat of the season, you know, like, and y'all like motherfuckers is losing their minds over the first two episodes. Like, yo, okay. So we found out Scotty Pippen signed a 360 deal. Um, and they used to they used to murder by the GM like <laughs> <laughs> they was, oh, that, shit was that shit was funny <laughs> they was taking turns murdering the GM Norton was like you want to shoot layups with us man we'll have to lower the rim for you <laughs> Yeah, yeah. He was like, also, oh, those are the pills you take to stay short. It was like every time this nigga Jordan had a chance, he was on his head. Bumper, and then Phil was throwing a subtle little subs, and then Pippen just went savage with it. Like he was the but, he was with the shit. Yeah, but man, it's crazy because I wonder how it would feel going into a you know as a professional athlete going into that season and they already know like yeah we breaking y'all up after this like it wasn't even a you know a subtle kind of thing where you know they pulling trades under the table or shit like that it was like yeah y'all done after this told my boy phil you can go 82 and 0 <laughs> nigga you out of here yeah i Crazy. was uh i thought scotty pippen's situation man was was sad man that was a sad situation seven years on, 18 million on whose part um I thought, I thought it was sad on both parts, man, because he just he signed a deal to make sure that his family was taken care of, not realizing that it was the the NBA contracts were about to inflate and that it, and that contracts were about to go up. So now you got him. He's a, a top 50 player ever. And at that point, he was 122nd as far as um, his salary went his year yearly salary and he was six on the team like that was ridiculous man and, and, and it was sad well i mean pippen had what his dad was in a wheelchair his brother was in mm -hmm. a wheelchair uh he had all these you know folks depending on him i mean he did say you know he he didn't want to take the chance of getting injured so he signed the deal because he knew okay i'm gonna sign this i i know for sure i got this 18 mil coming in to his defense too that's that's to his defense but then also i think he was probably like look i done put in all this work you know y'all motherfuckers know what i'm worth like let's renegotiate this deal like straight up and to, to that i don't feel sorry for Scottie Pippen, nigga, the owner of the team told you, Scotty, don't sign this deal. Bro, it don't get much more clear cut than that. He said it's going to be a bad deal. If you if you do it, you're leaving a lot of money on the table. But if you do sign it, don't bring your black ass in here with your hands out after the fact asking me to renegotiate. 
because I'm letting you know right now, take the short term deal because you're leaving a hell of money on the table. Scottie Pippen wanted the money in hand. And that's cool. If that's the case, then the part about him being the 122nd highest paid person in the NBA and being six highest paid on the team shouldn't even have been brought up because, nigga, you asked for that. Yeah. I mean, it was kind of his fault. Yeah. Just think about it. He basically signed that deal right before they won their first championship. Right. Mm hmm. Yeah. If you, if you think about it, if they, they won six championships, including that year, which was his last year, Jordan took two years off. So he got that deal like, bro, take take the short deal because Jordan, remember, the uh, the owner told uh, Scottie Pippen and Michael Jordan not to take the deal. And because Michael Jordan didn't take that deal, the last two years of his contract with Chicago, he was basically playing on one year deals, but he was making 30 a year. So the last two years in Chicago, he made 30 a year. And even in a documentary, he said, I'm not y'all don't have me in a position where y'all control me. Like I'm on a one year deal. I'm making 30. I'm the highest paid person in the league. You know, and if you don't bring back Phil, I'm out of here. So he gave himself that leverage. He bet on himself. He wasn't afraid of the injury. You know what I'm saying? You can you can hear the way he was talking about um, when he had that uh, that foot injury. I think it was his second year. Mm hmm. And, you know, how the team was trying to, you know, hold him out. And, and Jerry Krause was trying to basically was trying to tank. And Jordan wasn't wasn't really going for it. But, you know, going back to UNC and rehabbing with the college kids and, you know, just just doing his own shit, just being that's the hunger, the thirst. You know what I'm saying? That a lot of these players don't have anymore. But, um, yeah, man. So it's just a, it, you can see the difference in you can see the difference in personalities and the difference in mindsets. And somebody that was willing to bet on himself where Pippen came in the league. And remember, he said that he thought he was better than Jordan when he came in the league. He was talking that shit uh, his rookie year, talking about he thought he was better than Jordan when Oakley had to yoke his ass up. But uh, mm -hmm. he slapped that nigga around. <laughs> <laughs> but but eventually, if you if you feel that you that guy bet on yourself, bro. No, that's you know? true. On yourself. I mean, I uh, listen, I don't disagree with that. Uh, and, and I feel like, OK, yeah, it's his fault. He made that decision. He made the choice. I do see from his end where it's like he looking at all the shit that he got to do, all the motherfuckers who depending on him. So I'm pretty sure he was like, man, damn, I need this bread because you talking what he came into the league. Eighty seven uh, probably signed that deal. What, like three years after that? Mm -hmm. I mean, like yeah, I mean, his 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 advisors. Yeah, his advisors. Oh man, gave him uh, bad information. Now you know, obviously, he would go ahead and um, he would go ahead and recoup a lot of money on the back end of his career because after Jordan retired, or I think went to the Wizards or whatever, uh, Pippen signed that five year deal with uh with Houston. Blazers. With, Blazers. With Houston. It was it was with Port no 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 it was with um with Houston. I think it was with Houston. He fell out with Barkley the first year. Oh yeah, the, yeah. And they traded him to the Blazers, and then he just played out the last four years of the five-year deal with the Blazers. But he got, he got, I think it was like sixty-something million that he got paid off of that five-year deal. So he recouped that money, all that money that he didn't get in the front end. Ultimately, he made more than Jordan when it was all said and done. I think his ex-wife came came to his defense, her thought ass, but um, she came to his defense today, saying like, "Oh yeah, Scottie Pippen did well for himself in the league," and woo woo woo. He did not recoup that money. He got a big contract in the end, but he didn't recoup that money. That money is gone. That no, money I'm was uh, yeah, yeah, I you know what I'm saying. You never fully recoup any lost money. We know that. But I'm saying like the money that you know he complained that he didn't get on a front he end. Face. <laughs> he was no, he was over. I think he was overpaid. He was overpaid on the back end of his career. Oh, he was, like, he was five years, I think he got five years, uh, sixty something million from uh from Houston, and then went went back to Chicago and got I think like a something like I think they said like a one year ten million ten million dollar uh contract, and he only played like something like twelve or thirteen games and recouped the whole the whole amount. So he made money on the back end of his career. But in his prime, he left so much money on the table. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And in his prime, like, you really can't even compare um, his situation to Jordan because Jordan's endorsement money was enough to not even trip on what the hell the Bulls were paying. So, you know. Right. He was in a whole nother plus, stratosphere with his shit. 
Plus, um, even when he went to the Wizards, he might not have been getting paid as much, but he was like part owner of the Wizards. So his Jordan was on another was in a different dimension on in a on another level in his own little category. Pippen was never Jordan. And, um, you know, they alluded to it. They alluded to it. Um, uh, the potential jealousy of uh, of Pippen to Jordan, but I think that they're going to continue to get into that. Um, I thought it was interesting that because I was like, damn, like if Jordan had this gave these cameras, this all access, that was what the 96, 97 or 97, 98 year. 97, 98. Like, and they just now releasing the documentary, like 20 something. Sitting on that for, yeah. Sitting on it for he, a while. And they said that he was sitting on it until LeBron won that championship against Golden State. That the this is I don't know how factual this is, but this was uh this was on Bleacher Report today. They said that during the parade, when LeBron was at the uh, championship parade, Jordan finally authorized um the release of the film or the release of the documentary. Hmm. It's funny, right? So Yeah, it is. It is. I don't know if there's any correlation, but you know what else is funny too is I'm looking at it. You know, it's on ESPN, and then I hear I hear Pippen like I'm about to fuck up my summer with that, and then I hear Jordan on another scene. He's like, I'm looking like fuck these guys. I'm like, wait, are we on ESPN? Like, what the fuck? (laughs) ESPN got the clearance from the FCC. Like, hey, listen, we about to let some shit fly. Ain't shit going on. This Corona got motherfuckers down. We about to let it go. And they, they were like, fuck this shit. <laughs> yeah, like, it's so yeah. crazy. Like, you turn that, like, the funny thing is, because this because of this damn coronavirus, that's like family night. Like, I'm pretty sure it was families that sat around the TV and watched that oh, shit. Like, we watched yeah. the missus, our kids, you know what I mean? Like, we, shit, we all tapped in at the same time watching that shit because it was the only show in town. That you shit know? And, is flooding social media right now. Yeah. Flooding yeah, social yeah. media. For sure. So, you know, but uh, I think it was a cool little, nice little intro. Nice little intro, man. And to, to know that you have four more weekends of that. Um, And, you know. Yeah. I mean, I'm in on it. I, I'm watching the rest of it for sure. You know. Yeah, yeah. Sure. For sure. So definitely some cool shit. And then uh, obviously the nightcap. The nightcap was the uh was part two of the uh baby face versus Teddy Riley joint. <laughs> Did you see it? <laughs> yeah, 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 I got slid in about slid in about uh because uh, the, the setup was the setup was uh they were supposed to play twenty songs a piece. So baby baby face played twenty and then uh and Teddy Riley played twenty and they just went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. So um towards the end of the show i think they were like 18 songs in teddy riley's uh his shit <laughs> fucking up again but at least people got a majority of the shit and the crazy thing is we on there i'm on there um baby brothers on there you know just just watching the shit they got up to like five hundred thousand viewers oh yeah it was it was stacked up in there five hundred thousand yeah. viewers on there and you yes. were seeing, you were seeing like big name celebrities in the comment section i'm like yeah, Why is Brandy, Snoop, Raekwon, Raekwon, Braxton, Raekwon was in that shit. Yeah, like Nelly, Nelly was in that motherfucker. Um, hey, you know, I saw I, somebody post like, "Hey, look, I saw somebody post like, hey, these street, a lot of these street rappers uh, losing some street cred. I see them all up in here listening to this love shit, <laughs> this R and B." But you know, it's, and it, and it kind of takes you back to like, damn, like I didn't know. That damn, like that was um, you know, like the uh Michael Jackson jam. That's that's a Teddy, that's a Teddy Riley yeah, joint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, like some of the hits that you just don't know or you didn't know, like, okay, like boom, they work with new edition, like boom, they did, you know, work with this, work with that artist. Like it was pretty cool, man. So, you know, the old heads, they they redeemed themselves tonight because the last one, boy, that's that shit was a tragic fail. Oh boy, Teddy <laughs> Riley, nigga had the whole band back there, the hype man and everything. Did you see where uh Baby face was like, I didn't know we were doing remixes. <laughs> right. And if you didn't produce the original, he was, was like, I don't do remixes. <laughs> I thought it was I thought it was cool though. I thought it was real. No, nah, cool. it was, man. It was. It was a cool uh it was a cool setup, man. So when sticking to um the music tip, we're gonna transition into talking about the um the main topic. Um we're gonna talk about hip hop. So I'm gonna talk to y'all for a second, man. Um hip hop. Two simple words that encompass so much. Two simple words that have headlined periodicals spewing criticism of what hip hop represents. In some cases, even manipulating media coverage in order to juke the stats, so to speak. I'm on my wire shit, y'all. Um, 
those of you who know, those of you who don't know and ain't watched The Wire, you got to hop on that shit and go watch it. Um, But back to hip hop and its kaleidoscopic nature. There are so many elements we could talk about, but it would be impossible to tackle them all in one episode. One of the elements of hip hop is competition. Hopefully it's healthy competition. And a derivative of that healthy competition is progression. And with progression, it's just really simple. Just moving forward, building on what you already have to make it better. Evolution. So um, I'm going to hit y'all with uh, with some quotables. So y'all let me know um, if y'all know where this is from. All right. Keep your friends close, but your enemies closer. When we rob banks, got to grab the toaster. Do I feel lucky when I slide with the bread, shake the jakes, made it my top of the world instead? Is that Nas? That's definitely an East Coast rapper. Let me repeat it. Said Jakes. Keep your, keep your friends close, but your enemies closer. When we rob banks, got to grab the toaster. Do I feel lucky when I slide with the bread, shake the jakes, made it my top of the world instead? I'm going to go with the that shit is either Nas or Jay. Who who is it? <laughs> oh, let me solve this. Uh, <laughs> let me solve this riddle for you, motherfuckers. <clears throat> Keep your friends close, but your enemies closer. Was said by Al Pacino. <laughs> oh, <geez>. <laughs> As <laughs> Michael Corleone and Godfather Part Two. Oh. Nigga with these trick ass questions. Okay. Keep your friends close, but your enemies closer was said by Al Pacino as Michael Corleone in Godfather Part Two. When we rob banks, gotta grab the toaster. The part when we rob banks comes from Bonnie and Clyde, Faye Dunaway, and Warren Beatty. Do I feel lucky when I slide with the bread? Do I feel lucky? Clint Eastwood is dirty hairy. Made it my top of the world. James Cagney. As Cody Jarrett and White Heat. And that's an old ass gangster flick. Now, all of those things, I could hit y'all with more stuff, more lines outside of a rhyme. So I concealed that with a rhyme, with just some wordplay or whatever. I'll be back. Y'all know what that is. Say hello to my little friend. Y'all know what that is. All of these things are violent movies. All of these characters are violent characters. Shit, Al Pacino is probably the most respected gangster in the motherfucking world. <laughs> so I want to ask then, why is it that people don't point to all these actors and actresses and say, hey, you know, you guys and all these directors of these movies and say, oh, it's so violent. This is all synonymous with violent. Arnold Schwarzenegger and, uh, you know, Al Pacino, you guys are leading our kids down the wrong path. Why is it that that's not done with the movies, but it's done with hip hop? Why is it that now those elements that I talked about, the elements of competition, healthy competition and progression? Why is it that we take those, not we, but the general public takes those, throws them on the coat rack, but then takes the violent aspect of it and uses that cloak to basically say this is what hip-hop represents thoughts before i dive into the thought i want to say man forget you man what's your rap name because that that's everybody <laughs> for those for those of you that don't know that was dp spitting bars bars. <laughs> bars, and spitting bars for those of you that don't know i gotta come up with a what's my uh mc name dirty p <laughs> dirty p don't test a nigga <laughs> This nigga DP ain't shit, man. <laughs> oh shit. Go Girl. go ahead, Uban. Yeah, okay. Um, well, my take on it is it's it's convenient because it's a way to point at rap and hip hop and say it's the problem with um violence, negativity in America. You know, obviously, rap and hip hop influences the uh, the inner city. It influences black culture. And then when it when it crossed over and started touching white America, um, 
you could say that it had negative influence on on white America too, right? They were being influenced by uh, rappers, and if you if you go back to the eighties, we're talking about uh, rappers rapping about fuck the police, uh, selling drugs, um, you know, selling crack and fucking hoes, and you know, and obviously over time the lyrics have changed the drug of choice and you know like the the interactions have changed but the themes have been relatively similar um but you will you will hear rappers you'll hear jay-z you'll hear scarface the rapper um and other you know and other distinguished rappers uh say you know that the movie industry has done more to promote violence in america than any rapper ever could you know if if, when they when they produce it on the big screen it reaches a lot more people and we we give out awards to the producers the directors the stars in in the in the movie uh and hell you know their depiction of you know whatever this time was you know whatever this you know portrayal is or you know in this this point in time and when we have rappers that are doing the same, it's essentially art, right? And they are um, depicting an era. They're depicting a reality and essentially giving you of just giving you the visual, the visualization of what's going on in certain neighborhoods. Like these are realities in neighborhoods, whether they rap about it or not, then they're looked at as the bad guy. Um, mm-hmm. And I, therein lies the problem you know um then here's the thing that we haven't even uh thrown into the fold of this conversation is where credibility is looked at even differently when you're talking about the street rap you're talking about some some uh when i'm rapping about what's going on in my hood or whatever the case may be and it's not the conscious type shit if i'm if i'm talking about uh if you're a rapper and uh, this artist goes and he talks to kids and say hey yeah i rap about that shit but hey i'm on such and such such and such people will look at that like man well you fake you ain't you you rapping about some shit that you ain't living and that is a that right there is a problem because that's the same thing that we're saying that goes back to talking about the movie it, as a movie star you're not telling the motherfucker you acting man you acting you ain't shit that shit fake but if it's an if it's an artist that's a, that's bringing some music to the fold they can't make fake uh mute well a lot of them do but they try to portray that you know that they're not that they're really hood but i'm saying when you when you find out that someone's rapping some shit that they ain't about people start talking about oh he got exposed yeah so just to, uh, to, to that point right now i'm watching i just finished watching uh narcos mexico great film i mean not a not film but a great show uh the show on netflix um you know, and it's a spinoff of the original Narcos, uh, which was also on Netflix. Violent crimes don't really have anything to do with hip hop, don't really have anything to do with um, with rap or rappers. Um, a lot of violence. Um, I think it's called it's another series out right now called Bank Heist. A lot of, you know, a lot of violence, mm-hmm. you know, in a lot of these in a lot of these shows. Uh, fuck, man. Dexter. Like I can. I can go on and on. The list goes on and on, you know, just the just the number of, of series that are out right now. And if you really want to break down, if you really want to break it down, a lot of their a lot of these rappers, like you said, they got their styles from the stuff they saw on TV. They got their names from the stuff they saw on TV. You got mm-hmm. every every um every rapper, Scarface the rapper, got where you think he got his name from? From Scarface, Yo Gotti. Every rapper wants to be synonymous or not every let me not say every but a lot of rappers want to be synonymous with the italian mafia you know with the italian mob you know everybody wants to be Gotti. you got das dillinger got his name from you know uh from john derringer um uh, corrupt the kingpin like just just so many rappers get their influence and their names from other cultures and they want to emulate the violence and the you know, the stereotype of these guys, whether it's the drug trade, whether it's the violence and the killing. So it did it never it didn't originate with hip hop, but it just seems like hip hop is an easy target 
because it serves an impoverished society or an impoverished um, background and, you know, where violence, drug dealing is prevalent. So it's just an easy target, you know. So would you say that then um, hip hop or like the artists who were, you know, hip hop artists and MCs and everything, they're actually playing a role or playing into the hands of the media and the public that wants to kind of paint it as a, you know, with a negative brush and say, hey, you know, hip hop is everything that's bad with the youth. It's got to be some connection to hip hop. Do you know, do you have to put some of the responsibility on the shoulders of the artist? Well, in the beginning, for most artists, they really come from these environments. They really come from these situations so they're rapping their reality, right? Um, you go into any inner city right now, and you're probably going to see a group of friends, maybe t- five, ten friends that are all living similar situations. They're all going through different struggles in home. They're dealing with a lot of peer pressure from gangs. They're dealing with a lot of peer pressure from drug dealers um, and people that are just, you know, um, committing crimes. So it's part of the upbringing. So it becomes a part of the music because you're just rapping your reality. What happens is they make it. So now you're a millionaire or you have money or you can, you know, you're no longer in that situation that you were that you initially rapped about. But then they struggle because they start second guessing whether people want to hear, you know, anything other than that negativity. Um, so like, Hey, just because I'm making millions now, cause you, you'll get that. I mean, and it, it, there's always so many, there's so many sides to the coin. You'll get a situation where you'll have a rapper. And when they start rapping about all oh, money and I got millions and I got big cars and I got this and they're like, well, okay, we know that you have money now. We know that you have cars and we know that you get all the girls and whatever, whatever, whatever. Like, do you have anything that's of substance? Like give us something else. Right. So you have those people and then you have people that are, you know, if they keep rapping about, you know, the the negativity and, and the, the poverty that they saw before they became who they are, then people are going to tell them, like, you're not even living that lifestyle anymore. Why are you still rapping about that? So it gets to a point where, you know, now this is your living. You have to continue to bring, you know, to, to, to generate content. So, you know, it's like I'm out the situation. I'm out the hood. I'm out that bad place you know, that brought me here, but I have to continue to tell those stories because those things are still going on. And, you know, it just, it, it's up to, it's up to the parents and the adult role models in a kid's life. And in, you know, in a kid that's coming up to show them the difference, you know, between rap and reality. It's like, Hey, it's okay to listen to certain stuff. It's okay to understand, um, or, you know, to, to listen to this, as long as you understand, you know, what it means and understand that, you know, the, the difference between rap and reality, the, the funny thing about future, they always talk about, uh, you know, future always raps about lean codeine, popping pills, perks, Xanax. He's like, I don't do that shit like that. He's like, yeah. you know, but it's what sells like it sells that type of rap sells. That's my breadwinner. Like, I'm not going to, you know, like I have to rap about it. So now if I'm a kid, you know, with no, you know, without a two parent household um, with a poor upbringing and all I do is listen to future. And I think that that's reality. Now I step out into the real world and I'm doing those things based on what my favorite rapper's doing, even though he has, you know, admitted that he doesn't do that shit. You know what I'm saying? So like, that's where we have a disconnect. Um, and I think it sucks, but you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a multi, I think it's a, it's a, it's a multi-layered uh, conversation DP. Oh, absolutely. And, and it really, it really boils down to, you know, what came first, the chicken or the egg, that type of situation. Yeah. Um, Cause I mean, if I, if I even look at like, let's say I look at battle rap, cause I'm a, I'm a huge uh, battle rap fan. And I know a lot of a lot of them dudes, just like a lot of the dudes who have crossed over the mainstream. I know that, like you said, they're rapping about their element, their where they come from and stuff like that. Um, you know, we come from the same places that these dudes come from. You know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, so we know how it is. We know that when they rapping about shit, hey, some of the 
that's how shit goes down. But I'm going to say that those artists, um, they, I wouldn't necessarily say it's a point to where it's being glorified. It's like you said, they're doing what they know is going to make them the money. They can draw the line and say, well, yeah, I, I talked about, I'm about to go and, you know, pull the shoddy. I'm about to go and do this. So I'm going to give you a buck 50 or whatever the case may be, but I ain't about to really go do that shit. I'm trying to make my money. Right. So, so there's a, there's a difference, but I mean, that's kind of where it's like the, that's what they do in movies too. I mean, they're not really trying to go shoot somebody up. You know, Clint Eastwood was shooting everybody up back in the day. He had to right. shoot them up every time he turned around. Um, so, I mean, I, 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 I get it um, where there's a, the criticism for it. But at the same time, it's like if movie is an art, you know, hip hop is an art too. It's wordplay. Right. You know, I could paint a picture with these words. I could give you this story and make you visualize this is how it's going down. Just like that movie made you visualize. You could walk out like, man, that was a damn good movie. Yeah, that shit was dope. Right. And that's the same. I could listen to somebody talking about shooting and killing and doing this, this and that. I could be like, man, that nigga got away with words like that shit was dope. Yeah. But yeah. I'm that don't make me want to be like, man, now I got to go get a gun and go shoot these motherfuckers and die. Nah. Right. That's not how I'm feeling. And it's like you said, it's that's where, yes, it's up to the parent to step in and kind of, you know, guide your child and say, yo, this is this is what it is. This is, you know, you you do this this way and this shit ain't the way to go. But what I was speaking of is, you know, when I say the general public, um, really, I guess you can kind of say the general public is those who are not a part of the culture, those who are not a part of hip hop, the out, the folks who are outside looking in that don't partake, so to speak, they just look like, Oh, this is, this is, uh, some negative shit. Um, because I'll say, I'll, I'll say this and then I'll let you, you know, nah, speak your, talk your shit, man. No, shit. no, no. I'm saying I'll say this and I'll, I'll, I'll let you, you know, give, give your, give your, uh, input on this. But so, we were talking about Nipsey, um, you know, a couple a couple episodes ago. We were talking about Nipsey and how he was promoting the, to buy back the block. And his message was more so on the entrepreneurial tip where he was ready to turn over that leaf and kind of move forward and make it a positive, you know, positive situation. Um, but then he's not he's not the only person. So you, you got a few and I, I'll just throw out you know, a few names, obviously where we're at, you know, you got Snoop, um, with the, with the Snoop youth football league, that's been into effect for 15 years. Now he started that in, in Oh five. Um, you got, uh, Kendrick Lamar who, uh, you know, he's donated, you know, thousands of dollars to the, uh, Compton unified school district. And they always do the, uh, the Christmas giveaway every year where they have the concert at the Nickerson gardens. They've been doing that for, you know, a good handful of years, maybe, you know, six or seven years already. Um, Being a, being a project. uh, Yeah. It's a project in in the uh, city of Watts. Um, For those who are not, you know, familiar with it. Uh, But then, you know, that's also, Oh, and then I'll go on. Watts is uh, basically bordering uh, Compton. So folks who are not from Los Angeles or not from California, uh, just to kind of paint paint a picture of the, the area we're talking about. But, I mean, he brought Chris Brown to that, um, you know, last the, this past year. Um, yeah. So, I mean, and then even moving outside of where we are, you know, Chance the Rapper in Chicago donated a million dollars to the public school system. And then uh, Big Sean, you know, in Detroit, he has his uh, Sean Anderson Foundation, and that was started in 2012. So, I mean, you got artists who are doing more than just rapping about, you know, fucking bitches and popping pills and, you know, all this other shit and shooting motherfuckers. But even some of them that are rapping about that are still doing positive yeah. things in their in their neighborhood. So, yeah, again, um, it's just a it's a negative it's a negative stereotype that's attached to hip hop. And 
as far as the you know popping pills and fucking bitches like that's big deal in rock and roll um that's a big deal in r&b that's a big deal in you know any anybody with a certain level of fame are uh athletes ceos and you know to and to go back to the um to the to the movie to the movie quote you know like you said hip hop is essentially a movie a visualization of a movie over beats you know what i'm saying like you're literally there's no visual so you don't have a screen in front of you you can't see it so when they wrap it they have to wrap it vividly enough for you to envision it in your mind um but just growing up i i can tell you right now like movies that you hear about in all hip hop songs these movies, a lot of them don't have to do with uh, black America. You're talking about Godfather, the Godfather series. You're talking about Donnie Brasco. You're talking about Scarface. You're talking about Heat. Um, you're talking about Usual Suspects. You're talking about these are all predominantly white films or, you know, Italian films where they depict and they glorify crime um, uh, um, Carlito's way. Um, what's the what's the other joint with Kadojido? Um, Bronx Tale. Yeah, you know, L.A. Confidential. Like, there's so many movies, and that's where if you listen to the rap songs, they're depicting people from these movies. They're depicting actions from these movies. You know, they talk about Pablo Escobar all the time. Um, they talk about Griselda. There's a fucking it's, it, what's West Side Gun and Conway and uh, uh, Benny the Butcher? Isn't that Griselda? Yeah, their name is is from the uh, the Godmother of Cocaine, Griselda Blanco. Mm -hmm. Like like these are rap people that are getting their the gist of their rap songs, and you know where they glorify drug dealing, killing. They're getting it from other cultures, but for some reason we're getting a stain. Like hey, you know what? These black people are killing, you know, they're killing our society with the way they talk about stuff and rap and the way they glorify guns and the way they glorify murder and the way they glorify drugs. America has glorified drugs since the beginning of time. Right. If you go back and you read and you watch a lot of these, um, a lot of the movies that have to do with um, drugs, especially cocaine, it was Hollywood that fell in love with cocaine. It was the people with money. It was a it was a designer drug, mm -hmm. right in the seventies and in, in, in the uh, in the in the late in the mid to late seventies and the early eighties. It was a designer drug because you had to be rich to get it, but it was flooding Hollywood. It was flooding New York. It was flooding Florida, where people had money. The hood wasn't getting that, and it was a drug problem then. So, how hip hop would ultimately, you know, become synonymous with drug dealing murder and violence and a, and a promotion of it is crazy to me like i said though man it is kaleidoscopic though man it's a lot of it's a lot of different shit too like we talking about the aggressiveness and the battling and the competition and shit like that but i mean hip-hop has breakdancing graffiti djing all that kind of shit and even within those realms in that part of the culture, there's still competition. It's still aggression. Right. It's still those same things that you talk about, but it's like there's a lot of positive shit in it, and everybody ain't out here talking about you know, the, the bad shit. Everybody ain't out here rapping about the bad shit. It's conscious MCs out here that really have, you know, some subject matter that, you know, goes deeper than just the, the surface of you know rally up the troops grab the guns let's roll on some motherfuckers but how many of those is really it's, at the top of the that's charts that's what i'm saying that's where i'm getting to right it's like that you're right how many of those are there and then even the ones that are going back to what i said the onlookers the general public the motherfuckers who aren't who aren't partaking they're looking at it and you already know what they're gonna look at you already know what they're gonna attach to you already know what they're gonna glorify well not glorify you already know what they're going to magnify and say this is that's what that shit is all about look at these motherfuckers like 
And there we are. Yeah. One thing that uh, or we had, we were leading into when we were talking a couple episodes back, and that was legacy that you leave when we talked about Nipsey. And we were talking about Nipsey and Tupac. Um, and you had, you had even mentioned, you said Nipsey is the Tupac of this generation. Now, I want to ask you, do you feel like the legacy that the two have left behind is the same? No, I think um on a big picture level man i mean nipsey left a a great he he had a he left a huge impact on the culture he had a huge impact on the culture as far as moving the culture forward uh progressively moving the culture forward financially moving the culture forward um tupac was he had a huge impact on the on the culture as well and it's that's what i'm saying like it's so hard to so hard to to quantify which one had a greater impact because they they attacked it from different angles tupac was you know black power right like we going to fight for what we we going to fight for what's right you know he was damn near uh, he was he was damn near ahead of like you know beyond this time like he should have been in the 60s and 70s like he was a civil rights fighter like he's fighting for the people the freedom of the people you know equality he's fighting for you know like hey listen man like how can america have so much money and you have so few people at the top that have so much and then you have so many people at the bottom that are struggling like that was tupac right nipsey was like hey we need to take our money we need to, you know, use our resources, put our resources together, and we need to build something. We need to. He, he, Tupac was basically trying to get us out the dirt. Nipsey was trying to put us in the house. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it's like, what are you, what is your lasting message that you're trying to get across when you do this? Are you trying to make a quick buck or are you looking at it like, hey, man, I understand that once I hit that big stage and i have that platform you know i could really affect some change whether it be on the negative side of the game or the positive side of the game it's almost like that social responsibility type shit once you get to that point i mean are you going to tell an artist they have a social responsibility do they yeah i mean they yeah honestly thing i liked about nipsey was you know you go back to a lot of the older shits uh, bullets had no names uh obviously the crenshaw album um slawson boys like i mean all that shit like he was he was in the streets you know uh, earlier in his career he was he was in the streets with it listen to the, the his latest album he told stories and he, you know a lot of the stories he was telling it was like yo like these really i'm not exaggerating in my songs like he he would always say that i'm not exaggerating in my songs. like this shit really happened so i'm not trying to glorify anything i'm just telling you like these are like some of the experiences that i that i had like these are some of the things that i went through but laced in the album you didn't really hear as a gang member he wasn't really dissing no other you know he was beyond that he wasn't really dissing anybody else and he he would say it in his last couple of years of living like yo he's at the point he you know him and yg were super tight yg's a blood he's a crip um you know, he was like, I'm at the point now where I'm not dissing nobody. I'm not I'm not out here trying to diss nobody. I'm gonna let you know where I'm from. I'll never I'll never hide. You know, I'm from 60s, but I'm not out here actively dissing another gang or a rival hood because I'm a, I'm above that now. You know what I'm saying? And really, my thing is trying to bring everybody together so we can get this money. You know what I'm saying? We can get ownership of our of our community again, because think about it. Gangs been riding, you know, they've been running the streets for decades. Which 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 hood, which hood owns a community center, right? Where they can uplift the youngsters that's there. You know what I'm saying? Like that again, that's that goes back to when I asked you. So why isn't it that, you know, I said you do have some conscious rappers out here and you said, well, 
How many of those are at the top of the charts? How many of those are really the ones that's on the main stage? It's like you got some, if you want to call it a conscious, you know, member of whatever gang or whatever, somebody who's seeing a different light now. How many of those are there, you know, opposed to the ones who are still it, it, with it? It's, it's hard to sell. Kanye sold as a conscious rapper. He had little bits of ignorance and he still has little bits of ignorance that he sprinkles in there. Well, I don't I don't know. I think he's like fully Christian or gospel now. Sorry. Um, he's fully gospel now. So I don't even know what he's pushing. You know, I haven't listened to Kanye in a couple of years, but even back when he first came out, like he wasn't he was like one of the I think it was like him, Lupe um maybe kendrick um but like lupe faded out kanye stayed and lasted because he his production was great he was a visionary he thought bigger than rap because i don't think he would have lasted with his style of rap this long but he was so deep in production then he went straight into fashion like he didn't give you a chance to like phase him out so he he had he had longevity and staying power, but even the conscious rappers, Kendrick, I, I think Nipsey's a conscious rap was a conscious rapper, but in order to grab at a certain it, point, at a certain point, right? At a, at in a certain, his music, well, well, I'll say this: yeah. there's a so he was con. It's like he was conscious off uh, the record, you know right. what I'm saying? Off yeah. the off, yeah. off wax, like he, you know. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. From jump. Yeah, his mind his mind was was on some other shit from Jump Street. But that wasn't always what was portrayed early on in the music, but then he did change. And I would say toward the tail end of what he was doing, he was more so on the side of being more conscious and trying to, you know, drop some gems for for folks to go on and pick up. Correct. But, and yeah, so that's what I that's yes. Um, thank you for I didn't clarify that, but towards the end of his career, um, he had transitioned into conscious rapping. And what I was going to say was even with like a Nipsey or a Kendrick or um, uh, I don't want to put common in there, but like a I Nipsey, mean, you could, you could throw J. Cole in there if you're talking about like oh, conscious. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, Cole, Kendrick, Nipsey. They all were conscious, right? But they had to give you, they had to give you some, you know, they still had to give you some ignorance to get you to buy in. Like, hey, man, I'm going to show you, like, you know, we're going to talk about, I just dropped 10 racks at the strip club, smoked a bunch of weed. <laughs> and once, I get, once I get you hooked, then I'm going to talk to you about, hey, man, invest your money. You know, um, be good to your kids. Like, you know, like, then I'm going to drop the jewels but I have to hook you like no one's going to listen to uh, just a, a, a conscious rapper. I'm sorry. I, I don't think that in the sport of hip hop that you can come in the game as a conscious rapper and really um, and, and get the attention that you're seeking. You know, there has to be shock value <clears throat> with rap right now. You have to you have to give. You have to give there has to be a level of, of ignorance. You got to give me some some hood shit. And then once you get me hooked, then boom, drop some knowledge, drop some jewels, put some shit in there. And then the, with the availability and, the, and the, the fact that people can the access that people have to the stars now. Now you get the interviews. Right. So now we get the music and then we back it up with the interviews. We back it up with, with a lot of the, you know, like the press runs and stuff like that. And now I get to hear more about what you're what you're saying and what you believe and i can go and relate and put all that shit together the music the interviews and get the person you know what i'm saying so yeah, yeah it's it's you know but that's me as an educated black man with a college degree that can go and dissect the music take out what i think is ignorant but funny and cool and then take the jewels back it up with something else and just do my research to really get there you have a section of the population that all they know is the ignorance and that's all they want to hear so if you don't give them a hundred percent ignorance give them that future sound i've never heard future say anything uh enlightening to the people <laughs> my straight up i'm being honest with you but there's a section there's a section of the population 
that relates to that. And if he gave them anything else, they would look at him and be like, nah, future, we ain't trying to hear that shit. Right? Right. He he has he has a um a responsibility to his fan base to give them what they want, what they pay to hear from him. Uh, but you know, it's up to him to decide where and when and where he can draw that line and if he ever decides to draw that line. So then the shit ain't gonna change basically whatever sells, even if it's got a negative connotation, is gonna be put into play. Is basically kind of what I'm gathering from that. If it sells, I'm if it sells as an artist, I'm yelling it out. I'm not trying to if I'm really trying to make some bread like that. And you're gonna have sprinkled in there some conscious rappers who, you know, hit that stride and make it happen. But from what I'm gathering from what you're saying, the gist of what you're going to see from the mainstream hip hop going forward is still going to be kind of on some other shit. And that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And that's cool because that's the art. That's the art where. Okay. So I, 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 yeah, I dig what you're saying. And that was just bad wording for me because I'm assuming that a lot of these guys have actually lived that situation. Right. So now if you go into the if you go back and reach back to these youngsters and um, and you start telling them, like, hey, listen, I did that. I had to shake that shit. You know, Nipsey, if you go back and listen to one of his older interviews, they were asking him. He was like, yo, like I was I was on lean. I was in Atlanta fucking with them niggas young thug and them i was on lean i was i was leaning with the rest of them he was like yo that shit i got a pot belly fucking with that shit like that shit just had me feeling like i was sleeping all day like it was just it wasn't my shit so i had to kick it i had to kick that shit you go talk to rick ross rick ross was on lean that nigga was having seizures he had to kick that shit like, yo, these are the downsides. So now you going back to the hood and you not telling the kid like, hey, I never did it. Yeah, I did that shit. And check this out. Motherfucker almost died off that shit. Lil Wayne and been in the hospital multiple times for seizures. I'm sure he's still on it, you know, and he <laughs> over the years. And I, I'm, I'm just giving you the difference between like a Lil Wayne and, and like a, a Nipsey, like Lil Wayne for years and years he glorified his shit and he would get in interviews and he would instead of you know hey listen i do this i'm not proud of it you shouldn't do do it because i'm doing it he would glorify it and defend it you know i'm i'm i'll listen to an interview a couple weeks ago uh, an old little wayne interview where he said if if you're telling me that if you're telling me that this what's in this cup got me on world tours, number one songs. I performed with different artists. I I, I did a uh, I got an interview on 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 uh, NBC with Katie Couric. Why the fuck wouldn't I drink what's in this cup? Like why Lean got me here? He really believes that you know when he was on Lean, when he was on drugs, was when he was at his best. He was at at his height. He was at the best in the world. He is defending. You get what I'm saying? No. So yeah, there's yeah. a lack of there's a lack of um what's the word I'm looking for? Like he's not, he's not conscious of the behavior. There's no accountability for what he's. Thank you. There's no accountability and he's not willing. So he's not going to be a good role model to go back into the inner city and say, Hey kids, you know what? Don't grow up to be like me, be better than me. You know, he may give a 16 year old some lean and tell him like, Hey man, you want to rap? Like you want to be like me, man, drink this, write rhymes, like, nah, bro, like that's not the move. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, so, it's really not. So then, so here, so here's what I'll I'll twist the I'll twist it around then and come from a different angle at this before we wrap it up. So I was asking the whole time about man, outsiders looking in, why do they look at hip hop? and take it as it's synonymous with violence and all these bad negative things that we're talking about. And through the conversation, it's almost like, well, you have to look at what you're producing and the product that you're putting out there as well. But then I'll ask this question. Why is it that 
we can't look at it like all the shit you talked about, the drugs, the violence, all those things, all that shit tears a community down. It tears a community down. Why can't we look at it as hip hop is a is also like it's become commercialized and it's it's gotten to a point to where, you know, white folks making money off of it, too. So they want the shit to last. More they money want, than, huh? More money than us. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that my my one of one of the things I'm trying to get to is why can't we start looking at it or why can't these artists start looking at it like a damn movie producer or a damn actor the same way and approach it? Why why do you have to look at somebody and say, Man, uh, you ain't real. You didn't really shoot a motherfucker. You didn't really sell drugs. You didn't really do that shit. Hey, man, if he didn't, kudos to him for not doing that shit. What good is, where does that get, where does that get us? Right. So, so my thing is like, why can't you, I'm, it's, why can't there be more conscious for one, but then if you're going to go down that route and paint these pictures and these vivid stories and make make these things up if somebody is just doing that to make the buck that's no different from somebody creating a story in their head and getting a whole uh motherfucking uh set of actors together to play the shit out and we produce the shit and put it out to the masses it's it's a long hey when you put when you when you boil all the shit down it's along the same lines i'm smart enough to know though that the the real that people attach to hip hop is too like entrenched in the streets, and there's no way to separate that shit to truly separate the shit. And that was gonna be my point. Like, unfortunately, most ninety percent of your hip hop artists got one foot in the street, one foot in the studio. So yeah, it's hard to separate the two because a lot of these dudes are taking that advance. You know, I can rap but I'm on the corner and I'm going to take this advance. I'm invested in the street. And so now I'm, I'm deep. When I get into the, when I first get into the rap game, I'm getting even deeper into the streets because I'm taking that money. You get a, you get a a, a record deal and they give you 25, a, a $25,000 advance. That's not, what are you going to do with that? <laughs> you know, they're going to take that, put that back in the streets and try and make some more money off of that. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. So it, it's, it's hard to separate the two. Um, and you know it, it it's like a it's just the, the the constant circle so you know who's gonna who's gonna be the one to get off the, get off the wheel and you know that you know that how they have the little shit with the bicycles and it's like three or four bicycles and they're just all everybody's pedaling and it's just going around the circle going around the circle that's really what it is man and that's why you know let's just let's, let's look back on it um other people that got killed Jam Master J, that was shooting. Tupac, that was a shooting. Um, Biggie, that was a shooting. You know, yeah. yeah. Big, I mean, come on, man. Like Nipsey shooting, Pop Smoke shooting. Um, who who passed? Um, uh, the young kid, the the uh, XXX. Exactly, uh, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Um, he, you know, he got, he got killed. It's so many, so many of these dudes, man. Like, uh, Chinks, he got killed. Chinks, uh, from New York, he got yeah, killed. No, yeah. His hood, sitting in his car, waiting on the chick. Somebody pulled up on him. You know what I mean? Um, it's just like rap and rap and and. And in the streets is just too, it's just too entangled, man. And till you death know, do them part. Motherfuckers un- are married, and it's un- un- unfortunately it's 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 unholy matrimony, yep, man. I was just about to say it's an unholy matrimony. To to hear that a hip hop artist dies before you put it together, the first thing you're gonna think is somebody got killed, somebody got shot. You know what I'm saying? Like you will always and with no other genre, no other genre. And depending on the athlete, depending on the athlete and how entrenched they are in hip hop culture, you can even ex- you hear certain 
you hear something about if I heard today, I get across the ticker, Zach Randolph has died. First thing I'm gonna think is, damn, did somebody shoot him? Because Zach Randolph in the projects buying pounds of weed. I think you are a millionaire. What are you doing in Watts in Compton in the projects with like four or five pounds on you? You are an NBA player with millions in the bank. Why are you that entrenched in the street life that you are in the projects with pounds on you? You get what I'm saying? So it's like, you know, like, but that's the, but that's synonymous with hip hop is that street shit. So DP, I don't know, man, it's, 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 it's a, it's a, it's a lot of layers and, you know, again, we have to do more for the youth though. Mm-hmm. Luckily, um, and I say this, I say this uh, gingerly. They're not really in LA. Uh, gang culture isn't as prevalent as it was when we were in high school. Yeah, it is not. That shit. So, is, that part right there is true. So, and that, that's a good thing. But now they're more into the drug, so the drug aspect is more is more prevalent. Yeah. What's your yeah. vice? <laughs> Choose your vice. Exactly. What is it? Uh, you know, nineties and in the nineties and the early two thousands, it was it was gangs, and you know, it was now, bad. It was bad. Oh man, listen! If you came up in the nineties, man, eighties babies made it by <laughs> you. You made it by God's grace, man. His grace only, straight yeah. up. Yeah. Before we before we get out of here, man, uh, you got any anybody that you're listening to that you want to let? the listeners know like hey man check this this artist out or this is somebody who's spitting some shit that's got a cool message you got anybody out there that you want to let them know about uh or just that you know you might not be giving anybody any kind of revel making a revelation but just you know some shit that you listen to uh right now man i'm an old head man i still listen to jay-z jeezy a lot of those dudes um young dudes i mean i'm a i'm a meek mill fan his shit is kind of he's in that same vein as as uh as nipsey um not 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 on that level but he will speak to a lot of the negativity and a lot of the, the bad that he witnessed and that he was a part of growing up but then he will also speak to you know he's he's more on the tupac level where he's like damn man we can't be killing ourselves like black people shouldn't be killing black people you know um we need to find a way to get out of these, you know, situations. He speaks uh, on the justice system, so you know he's 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 real. He's he's conscious in a really hood way. So I, you know, I fuck with Meek Mill heavy, um, Roddy Rich, okay. uh, out of Compton, you know. But um, Cole. I mean, you know, I like the, the usual suspects, man. But yeah, you know, as yeah. far as the young dudes that got it right now that I'm really fucking with, man. I fuck with Roddy, man. Roddy Rich, and as much as people don't like mumble rap and all that other shit, man. You know, I got a son that's seven. Kids love mumble rap. So, you know, he listens to that shit. I listen to that shit. My 18-year-old listens to that shit. He's an Uzi fan. So as much as I don't like Lil Uzi, I'll, you know, listen, try and listen to a little bit of his shit from time to time because my uh, Orlando, my, my 18-year-old, he listens to Uzi and shit. But, you know, I, I listen. Hey, man, don't never be the old guy. Never be the old guy that's, that's unwilling to accept the new generation of music. You know what I'm saying? So you know, <laughs> straight up, man, having kids, man, that shit, that shit gave me a different perspective. So I listen to all that shit, man, for real. Nah, I feel you. Um, I mean, I got a, I got a few that I listen to. Uh, Saba, uh, Shmino, um, Boogie. Obviously, I fuck with all of Dreamville. I mean, that's just, that's just. I mean, I still listen to the old shit too. Like, I still fuck with with Outkast. Um, you know, with some Jay Z, Wale. How can I forget Wale? Oh, I forget my boy Wale. Yeah, I'm a, huh? listen, I'm an MMG guy all the way. So, bro, <laughs> bro, you know, Wale Nigerian. So, and by the way, uh, I think he's dropping the um the Sumi I'm Rooting for Everybody's Black video tomorrow. Uh, oh, okay, uh, okay, that's yeah. what's up. Uh, April, yeah. April first. Yeah, but all that's right. you know, I mean, I um. Little brother, like some old old stuff. Little brother, Fonte, um, yeah, yeah, like all kind of kind of stuff like that. So yeah, I mean, 
and like you say i don't i'm not opposed to like the new shit in the new cast that's out there d smoke um you know coming Inglewood. up from inglewood like i i like his shit um it's out there you just you just gotta dig but you know I mean, it's it's an art, and you know, folks are gonna gravitate to toward the stuff that they they like, man. So, to each his own. But you know, just think about the the real message that's behind it. Um, yeah, we we uh we lost Kev tonight because uh his um his sound was his sound was acting up, but he'll be back in uh, in full fashion. up y'all don't forget to follow us on ig twitter and facebook at two peas and a bong that is the number two w-o-p-e-e-z-a-n-d-a-b-o-n-g two peas and a bong that's our handle on ig twitter and facebook y'all thanks for rocking with us we'll catch y'all on the next one